Welcome to the Psychosphere. My name is David Sutcliffe, and my guest today is Ronnie Landis. Ronnie is a coach and trainer, a speaker and facilitator, an educator and an influencer. I'm just reading his website here. He is also an author. He's written many, many books, and he is an expert in, among other things, holistic health. Very smart, knowledgeable, passionate, powerful man. I love this conversation, and I hope you will too. Please enjoy my conversation with the powerful and wise Ronnie Landis. Ronnie Landis. Here we are. We met through my beautiful girlfriend, Diana. Mm-hmm. She uh, des- has designed uh, your your book covers. Mm-hmm. How yeah. many books have you written? Um, I have written, I've, well, I've published eight. You've published eight books? How old yeah. are you? Uh, 37. That's insane. And I'm getting ready to finish the ninth one right now. How long does it take you to write a book? Depends on the book. It depends on the deadline. Depends on everything going on in my life. This, the last one, The Addiction-Free Lifestyle, took me about eight months, which is really crazy because it's a 400-page book and it's it's a thick one. Um, but somehow, some way, I pulled it off in, in eight months and uh, yeah, it kind of has a life of its own. I don't have any kind of linear writing methodology. Uh, I just go deep into it and I have my, my process and it, it kind of, it kind of just writes itself. So it does. Writing's easy for you. Um, it, it is easy for me now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's always easy. It's just like working out. You know, if you've done it for a long time, then you get familiar with the routine, but it doesn't mean that it's always easy, but getting into a flow and the structure and the, the whole process of it is, um, it's easier than it used to be. Let's say it that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So eight books. So obviously you have feel like you have something to say, something to express. Absolutely. Where does that come from? As far as like what it means. Yeah, like what what is this impulse in you that that wants to share your knowledge? I mean, first of all, I guess you you have spent a lifetime accumulating a yeah. lot of knowledge. Yeah. And then you have this desire to to I guess organize it in a certain mm-hmm. fashion, mm-hmm. then share. Well, it I'm with an people. I'm an I'm a I'm an author. You're that's a writer. I'm a writer. Is yeah. that how I'm you see writer, yourself? I'm Is a that teacher. your identity? I writer mean, teacher. Well, I mean, that's not my identity as a being, like, right. as a human right. being. Like, right. it's bigger than that. But that's something that I do. Right. You know, like I'm a martial artist. Martial like, artist. I'm an athlete. I'm uh-huh. a I'm a writer. I'm a public speaker. I'm a, a coach. You know, these are all these are all things that I do, and these are part of like sub identities of the bigger identity that is Ronnie Landis, a soul in this body. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, you know, it's so for me, it's 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 just like anything. It's it's part of my it's part of my makeup. It's it's an aspect of of what I do and how I express myself personally and professionally. Like the writing process is a creative outlet for me, but then translating that into written form in books is is a way that I'm able to consolidate my knowledge and right. my research. And it's also, for me, it's a part of my own learning process as well. So we teach that which we need to learn. And if I want to master a subject or a body of subjects, then I'd write a book on it. And then that becomes part of my career. Are you proud of having written eight books? Yeah, I am. Probably not as proud as I should be. 
Oh, really? Why is yeah, that? Yeah, well, I think I'm just moving. I'm just moving from one thing to another. Right. Right. Just, just like most of us, like, you know, if we've accomplished a lot in our life, then we we tend to be forward moving and, and thinking about the future and the next thing and the next thing. So for me, I, I, I'm definitely proud of myself, um, but I, I probably don't I don't congratulate myself or celebrate my successes that much hmm. um, I'm, I'm just it's just the work. Like mm-hmm. I'm just in the work of it, you know, so it's there's not really any um, uh, ego gratification or validation. There's certainly like a celebration, but it's always leading to the next thing. It's just part of the bigger work for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a? Uh, I mean, obviously, you have a, a mission. You're on a mission. Yeah, totally. Right. You're yeah. very driven guy, <clears throat> very focused. Is this, are you just following it or do you have a plan? Did you have some vision? It's like, okay, this is what I have to do. And this is the steps mm-hmm. I'm going to take. These are the steps I'm going to take. Or is it you're just kind of letting it unfold in real time? I think more than anything, it's an unfolding in real time. Hmm. I think it's an organic unfolding. That That's the way it's always been. It's it's never been a um, <clears throat> like a structured set of instructions. Um, I have been making a lot of it up as I go along, especially in the beginning of this this whole particular part of my my career and journey into the world of holistic health, nutrition, um, being an herbalist and nutritionist, a holistic health practitioner and in a therapist, really. And also, um, yeah, just like a, a personal transformation artist and coach, if mm-hmm. you will, just being in that this whole world, this whole career. Um, it, it really has been like a choose your own adventure story. And so I, I chose in the beginning to become a professional nutritionist and a holistic health practitioner. And then that just led to integrating a lot of different modalities and um, bodies of research and, and things of that nature and integrating into a bigger body of work. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really have a plan set mm-hmm. out. It was like I, I would model other people. I'd see what they were doing. Then I would adapt to me. So I'd see other writers. And then eventually I wanted to write a book. So then I would I would test that out. I wrote my first book in 2011, and it was a very small thing. What was that? It was called Activating the Superhuman, and and you know it's <laughs> Great like title. yeah, and you know it it was a whole it was a whole little manual on nutrition and and superfoods and raw foods and and a little bit on herbalism and then getting into some of the different topics around um, you know different conspiratorial topics, very you know around like genetic modification and electromagnetic frequencies. And, you know, the the toxification of our agricultural food system and uh, different things of that nature. Very simple. Um, You know, I think something on like Tesla, Nikola Tesla and the Mm -hmm. whole thing with J.P. Morgan and that whole scam and conspiracy and the Titanic and like just like little things that I wove in there that I learned along the way. Um, And I actually looked back on that book, which is like 90 or 100 pages. And I look back on it and I realize like, wow, you're actually really on to all this stuff even way back then. Wow. But I didn't have the ability to expand upon it. I thought at the time that this was the best I could do. Mm. Right. Which which is a which is an important realization for anybody that is on the path of personal development or success that you know, I thought I was like, wow, like this is all I can do. All I can get is like a set of paragraphs and sections in a book. And now you know, I've written I've written a book that was 700 pages. Wow! And then I had to I had to rewrite that and chunk it down and turn it into two books because it was just too big. 
And then I just couldn't stop myself. So now my challenge is actually how to refine and synthesize and edit out yeah. things because now there's just too much that comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as as we go along the path of mastery and develop ourselves and really commit ourselves to it, we can grow and develop and um, and we can really surprise ourselves in a short amount of time. And that's kind of what happened to me just on that front, talking mm-hmm. about like my path as a writer. Right. Like I developed very quickly and um, and I think that's the case with any professional endeavor. You know, if you're really committed to it and, and you you really take it, um, you take it seriously. Like you, you go from amateur, like then I was like an amateur writer. Mm-hmm. Now I look, now I, I'm like definitely a professional writer um, in the way that I approached the writing process. Hmm. Did you, well, well, at what point did you realize you had a talent for this, for writing, for communicating this information? I mean, sure. was there fear early on? Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, or mm-hmm. I'm not going to know how to string a sentence together, or is anybody going to like my writing? Yeah, I, I don't think the the fear or hesitation was so much conscious. Um, I, I certainly had those thoughts, but um, I think they were also a byproduct of how ambitious my vision was too. Mm. Like I wanted to be the best in the world at this. Right. So at, at, at this, meaning... at being like a, a professional health motivational speaker. Right. You know, so for me, the standard was really high. So it wasn't just like, oh, I want to go out there and just kind of give these little talks and, you know, uh, write a, write a little a health book and a little manual and just kind of you know, do it that way. Like I wanted to be the best at this. Right. You wanted to have an impact. I wanted to have a really big impact. And so for me, that that highlighted all of my insecurities. It <laughs> highlighted all my deficiencies. And it still does today. Like I can't really get away with anything. So for example, if I, you know, this came up uh, recently, like if I have a coaching call with someone and I feel off or I'm distracted or there's other things in my life that pull me away that cause me to feel or cause me to show up in a way that's not professional mm-hmm. to my standards, then I feel it. Hmm. I feel the gap. And I, I don't I can't just like get away, you know, skirt around and be like, oh, well, that's OK. Better luck next time. It's actually I feel the pain of it. Right. Because my standard is so high and the mission is so important. And the quality in which I show up for whether it's my clients or it's for myself, it's the people in my life, it's my um, my my livelihood, the responsibilities in my life. I think this is just a big part of like developing into an adult man, mm-hmm. like really well-rounded man, um, really feeling the responsibility of things um, and the weight of things a little bit more than even I did before. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just to answer your question, like, yeah, I I definitely felt, I felt all those things. And my whole attitude was that I'm going to fail forward. Right. Like that was my whole attitude. Like, even if I have to fail in public and I'm, I'm just going to keep failing forward because I don't really have any other option. There's really no other way to go about this. Like I, I have to just be able to make mistakes out in the open in order to develop it, it'll quicken the development mm-hmm. it'll be more painful but it's going to it's going to help me develop quicker and um, learn learn the lessons i need to learn faster so that i can i can speed through this process mm-hmm. what what is your message what 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 is it that right now i mean i'm sure it's changed through the sure. years and maybe we can you know start at the beginning but 
uh, right now, what, what is it that you're trying to communicate? What is it that you're trying to say? Mm-hmm. What is it you're trying to teach? What feels important to you right now? Man. Yeah. It, and it has, it has evolved over time. I mean, the message has always been about health sovereignty, liberating ourselves as human beings from the constraints of, of um, whatever it may be that holds us back, particularly um, sickness and disease, ailments of the body, of the mind. Um, and that's still, you know, at the root of it all. Did you have ailments? Is that why you got into this? I think we all have, we all have ailments, right? It just mm-hmm. depends on on how we interpret it or how we experience it. So like physiologically, I've, I've had knee injuries, knee surgeries. I've had, you know, many different um, sports injuries, martial mm-hmm. arts injuries. Um, I've never had any kind of like really bad sickness of any kind. Um, I got COVID twice. So twice? I mean, yeah, like like two different years. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I second time, it twice. The too, second actually. time wasn't that bad. The first time was was pretty gnarly. Yeah, for me too. Yeah. So I mean, but other than that, I don't really get sick. In fact, hmm. I've always had a mantra that I will not get sick under any reasons whatsoever, and that's proven true ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah. Now you know, and then there's I could get into a whole thing on what why I think that actually happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the most I've experienced as far as like a sickness goes in my body. I've experienced many ailments of mental sickness, spiritual sickness, mm. um, which I really believe are actually the root cause of all physical conditions at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even the addictions and the behavioral, uh, like the self-sabotage behaviors that lead to physical sickness right um all of it to me is actually a deeper a deeper symptom of a spiritual illness interesting so you became it wasn't a physical thing that wasn't the origin story no you had some ailment you sought some method to heal yourself you you did it and then you want to teach the world that thing that's That's a lot of people's story yeah and that's what and that's what the case is for people that get into the healing field and become like you know, become coaches and healers right. and therapists and nutritionists and, and, you know, natural naturopathic doctors and things of that nature. Usually people are dealing with something in their own life that they need to solve. And then that becomes their that that riddle. They unpack that riddle and then it eventually becomes their career because then they just want to help other people. But you had a a mental and spiritual malaise something that was yeah i mean i i think i've i've this is a realm that i've voluntarily decided to um embark upon for myself Mm -hmm. whether conscious or unconscious in order to really master the human experience ultimately my personal quest is to master my own human experience so that requires me to go into realms within my own experience, whether it's it's the physical body, so mastering the physical body, mastering it physically through training, which has been most of my life, martial right. arts, basketball, weight training, sports training. And, and so then, that's foundation. That's foundation, yeah. And then and then it led into nutrition and it led into detoxification. So learning about the organ system, the hormone system, the glandular system, how my nervous system functions, how this phys- physical vehicle actually works wow like how people learn about cars yes. and learn about machinery or learn about whatever their their thing is right for me i wanted to learn how does this physical instrument function really that's that's really interesting and what what do you think is the most important thing for people to understand i mean we could probably unpack this for, sure you know several podcasts sure but 
what's what's important to understand about what you just said what were what don't people understand that they need to understand like as far as the physical body yeah goes, the physical yeah, yeah. body like yeah well no this is this is a great question i i there's a few different answers the first one i'll go super meta and then bring it right back right right down to the mechanics what i've figured out for sure is that the physical body is not just running on what we call electrolytical impulses. So your nervous system is running on like electrical impulses, right? So you have you have part of the body that's running on chemistry. So the cells, the cellular mechanics of the body is running on like chemistry. So chemicals like neurotransmitters, hormones, um, you know, ATP production for the cells, the battery packs, that, that's what we call like the chemistry set of the body, right? Um, that's the whole pharmaceutical model is based on chemistry. So better living through chemistry. Right. Right. That whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that that's the, that's a very like materialistic kind of perspective that that's accurate to some extent. It's not right. the whole picture, but that's part of it. Then again, you have the the electrical system of the body, which gets more to the point that the body is actually being running on energy. So electricity, electricity. And then that then you get deeper into like what's really running the physical body. Well, it's actually your nervous system. Hmm. So that that becomes like the the electrical highway, like your spinal cord, for example, is the electrical highway of the entire body. So then you get a little bit beyond the physical, and then you get into more of what we might call the spiritual, but it's just like the etheric. So then there's actually something else that's running the entire body altogether. And it's the human soul. Mm. That's actually what runs the body. That's what actually animates the body. And right. so, so when people might be thinking like, okay, wow, that that I think that makes sense, but I don't know fully how to how to land that plane, like the human soul. So think of it this way. Your body has an innate intelligence to it. So your body actually is its own thing. A lot of so, a lot of us get confused that we think we are our body, mm -hmm. right? And this is like one hundred and one spiritual initiation. You realize that okay, I'm not actually my body. I have a body. So then, okay, there's a body. Then there's me. What am I? Who am I? What am I here to do? You know, all these philosophical questions, right? Um, so then, but then the whole game becomes about how do I, how do I operate this body? If I, as a soul, I'm not separate from the body, but I'm also not the body. So mm -hmm. I'm not identified as the body, but I'm in this body. Yes. I'm, f this is my avatar essentially. Right. In this physical 3D dimension, yes. this is how I'm interfacing with this reality yeah that's the best way that's the best way i've come to figure it out i like that so now it becomes okay if this body has its own unique instruction manual it has its own unique set of intelligence its own design mm -hmm. my whole objective is to understand how it functions right so you can optimize that's right. And i can't optimize for something i don't understand how it works optimize for what that's up to you. Right, right, right. But and, but for me, the, the goal is not about imposing my egoic preference onto it. It's about coming into relationship with it to understand its own design. Mm -hmm. And so that to me, you could look at that as like 
trying to understand the path to God, to the divine, to spirit. Like mm-hmm. I'm just taking a, a physical body centric perspective yeah. to it because for me, that's actually more real than looking into this, looking into the clouds outside of me to try to find like a benevolent force or God outside of me. It's right. all around me, obviously, but I can't really detect it accurately unless I'm fully anchored into this this vehicle, which is entirely mine and mine alone. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like this, this could open up a whole rabbit hole into a really, a really profound discussion about like really a profound discussion into like how to discover the, how to discover God. And mm-hmm. to me, and that's ultimately that is what I'm kind of getting at. Yes. Although everyone is going to interpret it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's actually God is within. Yes. And without and all over. But 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 fundamentally, in my individual experience as Ronnie Landis, the right. caricature of Ronnie Landis in this reality, as I know it, my whole thing is to discover the God within, uh-huh. which is actually housed in this physical body. I understand. That makes sense, right? Yeah, like, well, you know, watching Michael Jordan play basketball when he is in the zone... He's connected to, he is God in that moment. God is being expressed through him. I mean, I, I'm a, you know, I've been a big sports fan. And so that's, that's where I connect to it. But right. whether it's an actor or an artist or anybody who's in that deep, deep flow state where that intelligence, that inner intelligence gets woken up and takes over and we're just following it and surrendering it. To me, that is God. And, yeah. and the work that I do yeah. is really like, what is the resistance mm. um, to that, right? And it's, which is some kind of fear, mm-hmm. could be childhood trauma, very often the case, yes. which does interfere with the nervous system. So mm. is am I mm-hmm. right to say that healing Bingo. the nervous system, uh, and I don't know, I mean, you can say more about what that is, but that, that, that we have to heal, because I believe in order to get close to God, you actually have to heal your trauma. The the trauma is the inception point for ethereal and other energies to slip through, right. to create distortions, to create to to essentially hijack us. So parasitic forces, whether they be physical parasite parasites like tapeworms or candida albicans organisms like like fungal infections or yeah. microorganisms, just on that physical level of the biology of the body and in different opportunistic organisms that feed on sugar and fermentation and negative energy and and um which is a whole deep topic in of itself but let's say parasites because mm-hmm. that's a very important topic that everyone needs to understand parasites are a very real thing and most people have them to varying degrees and they also control or influence your mind and the the thoughts negative actual physical phys- parasites. physical parasites that feed on how do i get rid of them well that that's right <laughs> that sounds well, disturbing well it is and 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 it's not to say that it's all it's all in net negative but most people in the world do ha- are housing some form of parasites right. and have some form of infection they don't know it. Mm-hmm. it it's coming from the food supply the junk food the factory farm holocaust meat the contaminated water um you know just so many things in our environment that we grew up with and so everybody does need to go through a detoxification 
and cleansing process. You can get into parasite cleansing. You can get into liver flushing. So many different things, right? right? That's a whole. That's a whole like. But you're an expert in all of that. Yeah, yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I, yeah. That's why I know how real this is. Yeah. But then you know, so so that's one aspect. So, um, on the trauma thing, you actually, in order to truly heal trauma, you do have to address the body. Yes. And you you have to go through, you have to go through some sort of nutritional, and cleansing program and protocol and make that part of your foundation because your emotions and your thought forms are being influenced by organisms that feed on negative energy, Mm. right? Negative energy for, for us may not be negative energy for them. Um, but it it can be, let's say detrimental or counterproductive energy. Um, so that, so that, let me just speed through that. So that's just the physical part the, the, like I'm bringing up the parasites as a, as a context. So you have physical parasites and then you have like energetic parasites, and we might call these like entities or entity attachments. Mm-hmm. And so the point I'm making is that when we talk about trauma, we're talking about a disconnection within the human being themselves. Like Dr. Gabor Mate says, trauma is not what happened to you. Trauma is the disconnect you feel inside yourself based on what happened to you. Yeah. We get so caught up in the story yeah. and reliving or re-talking about the story or the, you know, which is always, which, which, you know, which is always embellished. It's always kind of, or it's always like, it's never quite what it, it's always like um, a bias. We have a of bias course, about the course. stories we, yeah. we, we rehash. Yeah. Anybody's story about their traumas is a hundred percent inaccurate. It doesn't totally. mean that it's not directionally right. true, right? but the actual details are, are, you can't, you can't have an accurate memory of it because you were traumatized by it. Exactly. Right. So there's a distortion there, mm-hmm. right? So like, so ultimately, there's a disconnect that's been created. And so through in that, that wound, that allows other things to slip through. Right. And create triggering, create disruptions and distortions. And so to your point, these are the things that we have to identify, become aware of, and then to heal and, and seal, like literally to seal. Yes. That's the picture I want to give everybody to seal those wounds, to seal those gaps, right? Not to keep opening them up yeah. and keep prodding them and keep poking at them, mm-hmm. but to seal them like a hermetic seal in alchemy. Yeah. You close that gap in that container so it can heal yes. in a contained space. And then you're no longer susceptible. You no longer have entry points right. to not just like like these like these entities or energies that you can't see or detect, but to other people that might be harboring negative energies, right? That, that you may have a, a gap to. So there's a, a potential for a trauma bond, of course. That you just that that's masks itself as like sexual chemistry, yes, or or attraction, right. heightened attraction, mm-hmm. or excitement, or or these kind of things, right? So, you know, this is, this is deep. There's so much to this. No, well, this is, this is it. I mean, this is what I, I try to teach, you know, the people that I work with that on some level, you are creating everything in your reality. You're being drawn to it. And why are you being drawn to it? Like, well, I'm in this negative situation. Like, is that, that's not right. this person I'm with is an asshole. It's not my responsibility. It's like, well, you chose them. And the question we need to ask and figure out is why, why, why did you choose? And them? you might, but and you, and, and I think people and you know, tell mm-hmm. me what you think. But when you say you chose them, 
you don't know that you chose. No, it's not, not the you that no, you're no, conscious yes. of. It's not conscious. But something in you chose something them. Something in you. You unconsciously chose them. And and the question is why? Like I had a friend who got into some huge scandal. Like it was, you know, a, a Harvey Weinstein type st- scandal in Whoa. Canada. He was a big celebrity, Gian Gameshi. And I remember, and I knew him at the time. He was a friend time. of yours. Well, he was, yeah, he was an acquaintance. Okay. And I... Uh, he was he got into a lot of trouble he was being accused of all of these things and his claim was that it was totally consensual everything that happened was completely consensual and i i actually believed him that it was consensual like from his perspective uh-huh. but i also believe from the women's perspective that it was not like so i i kind of believed them both in some way but the question i had to him was how the fuck did you get yourself into this situation bro right like you created this somehow, some way. That's what you have to fucking figure out. Whether these women are lying or not from your perspective is irrelevant. You're a smart guy. How did you get here? And there's something deep and dark within him that created that situation. Probably if I was to speculate, knowing a little bit about mm-hmm. him and his histories that he had, you know, he had a lot of trauma from his childhood. And um, I think it, it, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of grief. There was a lot of sadness. There was probably a lot of self-loathing yeah. and maybe he created some situation where he could get out the charge, the anger, the frustration that he had on these women. But then ultimately he knew that he was going to be punished and actually created that that punishment because it mirrored his self-image, his identity. Like on some level, he felt like he deserved it. Mm. And mm. now that's a hard fucking thing to get across to a guy who's in the middle of some crisis but he has to get there, right? If he wants to set himself yeah. free, we all have to take responsibility mm. for the mess that we've created because that's the yeah. only fucking way out of it. As soon as you're in blame way. and judgment, it is the other. Mm-hmm. And your projections could be right. Oh, that cr- person could be lying, but it doesn't matter. Why are you in a relationship with you're a just fucking dig- liar? Right. If you get betrayed by somebody, what's the part of you that betrayed yourself in advance of being betrayed? Like you, some part of you knew and you denied it, right? Oh. You 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 didn't listen to your deep intuition. And what is that? So it, that that's what I'm mm. trying to help people understand. Mm. And it sounds like you are doing the same from your own perspective, sure. your, your own way in. Sure. And and I mean that's that's really powerful and sobering, you know. Because I, I mean, I even in my own life, I you know situations right. that I can recount with you know past lovers or past relationships with women where. Um, I don't know that I knew fully that this wasn't the right thing or wasn't a fit, or maybe it, or maybe it was in the moment and it just got screwed up along the way. I mean, right. there's plenty of those situations as well. Totally. Um, but there's been, there's definitely been situations where, um, I knew that something was off, that something didn't feel right, that it didn't feel right to me. But I chose to continue to engage or just work on myself mm-hmm. or rearrange my own thought process to accommodate the situation or to ease my own uh, stress. And then eventually it bubble up and blow up and turn into, you know, some kind of situation. And it would just further it would just further kind of become a little bit of spider's web. Yeah. And the, and the reflection of my life was was reflecting like the chaos or the disorganization that was manifesting right. in the situation. But 
you know, instead of just nipping in the bud or closing it out like honorably and just being like, you know what, like for whatever reason, this isn't working or this doesn't feel yeah. right. Um, I just stay in it. Right. And just stay in it. Right. And, and not speak my truth. Or if I did speak my truth, it would come out at a time where it was just like, you know, just fed up. And right. so then, of course, it comes out in a way that is less Resentment. than productful, productive, and then leading to, you know, leading to messes along the way yeah. and further collapses. So, you know, I think what you're saying is this is a really good, this is even a good like transition or next level of the conversation is what is the truth? Mm. What is the truth? So the truth and I say the, not my or your truth. Mm -hmm. We get that this is another thing. Like people yeah. get confused. Like, oh, well, I'm just speaking my truth. It's like, well, your truth is your truth, the truth. Right. My truth, I may have a truth in this moment. It's okay to speak it, but I need to be aware that my truth is not the truth. Yeah. Like I knew we need to get closer to what the capital T truth is. Mm -hmm. And the truth does live in the body. Mm. My truth lives in my mind mm -hmm. and lives in my ego. Right. And that's something I'm trying to work out in order to align myself with what the truth is. And the truth may be counter to what my preference or desire <laughs> for the truth. And it, it usually yeah. is. Yeah, that really And sucks. that's usually how I know yeah. that I'm either in or I'm out of alignment because my body will tell me based on whether I'm in peace or whether there's a disturbance. Yeah. Or whatever. So like that's it keeps coming back to the body and the nervous system. The nervous system doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. um, but the but, the, you know, the caveat with that statement is that we could have built up so much static and so much there could be so much trauma and so much like uh, chaos. We call that cortisol, stress, fight or flight yeah. response yeah. in our nervous system that it's very hard to detect. Yes. So in order to be able to get to the truth, we have to be able to clear out the static and the noise. Mm -hmm. And this means we have to go through some sort of nervous system reset process. I call this a dopamine reset. Right. Um, we have to get off all stimulants. First of all, because that's one of the biggest problems in this world is that we live in an unstable, overwhelmed and overstimulated world. People are more they're more used to being stimulated than they are calm, peaceful and composed. Right. So that's that that being stimulated effect, that caffeinated effect, that 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 constantly listening to other whether it's podcasting or YouTubing or having other voices in our earbuds, in our, you know, music in our ears, instead of just taking a walk in the park without any devices whatsoever, that feeling of being calm and peaceful is more foreign to most people because most of us grew up in a dysfunctionally functional household. And so the feeling of safety is, is foreign. So it actually feels safer to be in a, in a position that maybe is unsafe I understand. Then what's then safe feels like. So yeah. safe doesn't actually feel safe. Right. And that also goes back safe to- Safe is familiar and familiar could be suffering or pain or disorganization, right. whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. And so to get to the truth means we have to get to safety. Yes. And we have to be okay with being safe. Mm -hmm. And that that's, uh, and as crazy as that sounds- this this is you know this is what we're dealing with in this no, it society. No, doesn't sound crazy. Yeah, I I mean I think for me. I mean me, I, not to you. No, well no, I mean yeah, but I understand why <laughs> one would think it's crazy. I I, I relate in the sense of um, 
safety, yeah, safety feels foreign to me. I remember when I first started going to therapy, my therapist said to me, when was the last time you felt safe? And I thought about it. I was like, I don't, I don't, I didn't even understand the question. Uh -huh. I was like, I've never felt safe. I didn't know what that never was. Never even thought that. I never even thought about it. It's like, yeah. no, I've never, I've never felt safe. So what does that mean? That my nervous system is constantly on guard. That in some way, because my dad wasn't around and my mom was a little, uh, you know, ungrounded, let's say, she was very young, is that I was just always on guard. And that became a, a habitual pattern, mm -hmm. like almost, and I didn't realize it really until uh, how it was manifesting in my body until I realized like, really not until my late thirties, it was like, I think I have anxiety. Uh huh. And then I was like, what is that? And then I was like, oh, it's just, it's this chronic feeling of, of, of not feeling safe, right? Of, of really, which is underneath that is this fear. Mm. And I could see that I was being motivated in large part by fear mm -hmm. or by trying to mitigate against this, this, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. what I perceived was danger out there in the environment. And that a lot of my motivations and actions in my life, whether it was my relationships or my career were driven by that. And when I finally came to realize that it was such a huge revelation, of course, I'm like, oh, I'm not really in control. These decisions I was mm -hmm. making weren't mm -hmm. really decisions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we have to make ourselves as conscious as we can become aware of those distortions in order that we can finally uh, make real decisions because you cannot get to the capital T truth yeah. if you were living in this distortion. Yeah. But what is the, so the capital T truth mm -hmm. is in the body. What is the, what is the what, truth? Is, right. Well, the, the, the truth is not a thing. It's, uh -huh. it's an experience. Uh -huh. the tr you know, it's different for everyone, but I think the problem is when we try to, we try to structure it like semantically, yeah. like using words and language in yeah. the mind. And I know this personally, I've, I've been in this trap too. It's like the idea of like, let's find our purpose. I need to find my purpose. Why? What is that? What is that pursuit? So I can gain certainty of my life direction. So I know what I'm doing with my life. So it's all packaged a particular way. So I know how to organize my energy mm -hmm. in a, in a, in a linear fashion. I know what I'm doing with my life. I have it all together you know, that kind of thing. And there's validity to that because that's, that's called stability and yeah. security. So there's a sense of, I need, I need security, inner security. So insecurity just means to feel unsecure, mm -hmm. right? If someone has an insecure, people get shamed for having insecurities, right? Yeah. Especially in relationships like, oh, you, you have this insecurity. It's like, we think it's a thing, but it actually just means I feel unsecured. Yes. I don't feel secure. Yeah. That's not a joke. That's a, that's a physiological and emotional reality. Mm -hmm. um, something that can actually be easily worked out with like breath work and somatic work and, and, and one becoming more intimate with their feelings and, and using the body somatically to just, just to kind of move that energy. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so like we, we kind of, if we if we if we're looking for the truth using language, it's always going to elude us because the truth is an experience that we have in our body. So from a from a physiological and autonomic nervous system perspective, it's it's equanimity. Mm -hmm. It's when the parasympathetic and the sympathetic are are in balance. So the autonomic nervous system, which is really just the the governing agent between parasympathetic and sympathetic. Mm -hmm. So rest, relax, digest, calm, and then you know um, sympathetic is alert. You know 
go, go, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so when those two are in balance together in harmony, so that's the word harmony, mm-hmm. equanimity, mm-hmm. equilibrium, then that's when the truth is revealed. Hmm. And the truth is an ever-evolving thing in every moment, as far as whatever somebody's truth is on their journey. Yeah. But the sensation of it, the physiological feeling of it is one of peace. Yes. It's one of harmony, and it's, 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 it's one of integration. Right. So when I feel integrated inside myself, and I'm, I'm no longer divided, a house, a house that is divided from within you know, cannot stand, cannot stand. Exactly. So that that's, that's it. So mm-hmm. the house within the holy temple, that is my body, that is my avatar. Yeah. And the peace that I seek to experience is a process of integrating my nervous system. And, um, and then, you know, and then everything's revealed from there. I, I find that when I'm able to take a pause, when there's frenetic energy mm-hmm. and there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. um, Almost always, if I try to react or I try to work it out or I try to come to a decision in those moments, it's always going to be unproductive. Right. I have to step out. Yeah. I have to bow out. I have to step out. I have to regain composure and control of my system. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, I kind of lost my thought there, but you get my point. I totally get your point. It's uh, it's interesting because I think the struggle that uh, that I have sometimes, and I think that a lot of people have, is um, we get lost in our heads. I mean, we live in a society that um, it has made rationality its god, right, right, and we we believe that we're rational right. <laughs> despite all the evidence. I mean, look out in the yeah, world; yeah. it's complete fucking complete insanity. insanity everywhere you look. Nothing yeah. makes sense, and that we want to keep convincing ourselves we're rational. Yeah, it's all about you know, science. We're, yeah, right? we're totally driven by our emotions. One hundred percent. So it's that that place where I know when I get afraid, I want to control, right? And that's when my rational mind takes over and tries to like like plot it out, plan it out. And the truth is, whenever uh, the best things have happened to me in my life is when I was in this flow state, in this deep state of of like intuitive and mm-hmm. um, and kind of what you said that I'm in the truth and I'm in this embodied experience of the truth, which you know maybe you could call that. God, but there's a feeling of flow. There's a feeling of knowingness Mm, and an understanding and, uh, you know, this, this, that everything is one thing. Everything is connected. Yeah. And when everything is connected and I'm part of that whole, there's a deep sense of fulfillment and satisfaction and ease but it's that it's the intelligence, right? It's like mm. that's that's the work that I'm trying to do right yeah. now, and, and is to how do we uh, continue to come back and access that intelligence that exists in the field, mm. um, and not be pulled into the quote you know the matrix, whatever you want to call it, the matrix mm-hmm. of our own mind, right? Um, right. And that that is yeah, it's not easy, but I see more and more people doing it. And I almost wonder if. It's, you know, I don't know whether it's Pluto returns, or the uh-huh, age of Aquarius, uh-huh, like who uh-huh. the fuck knows what's going sure. on. Something's, something's going, but something's, something's going, going on. on. There is an awakening. For that sure. is real. Yeah. I mean, you can, if you're like, if you're relatively sensitive and paying any, any semblance of attention to the day-to-day events of just like from December into this year, man, there are some patterns and themes going on. 
Like it's it's unavoidable. Yeah. Like it's 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 I I just I feel it all around me. Yeah. And I'm much more acclimated and attuned to it. I've been studying astrology for many years and paying attention. I'm not an expert by any means. Don't right. ask me any specific questions. <laughs> but I'm but I'm 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 checking the energetic forecast and have been for quite some time. So so I'm tuned into it and man, the going into this 2023 portal, it's real. It feels mm. real. Last year I talked to everybody I talked to has the same kind of um, relative experience of their life unwinding, certain things falling apart, um, making a million dollars, losing it, like g- getting to this relationship and unwinding, like going, just having like things, the deck of cards in their life that was camouflaging itself yeah. as the foundation in their life, completely falling apart. And then it all kind of going through this healing, transformative reconstruction process and moving into 2023 it feels like this like resurrection or revitalization of our true self like mm-hmm. coming online mm-hmm. like the 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 integrity the mission the truth um it feels like the snake skin the training wheels the addictions the coping mechanisms yeah. all being removed like god unstitching all of us and just just removing everything that needs to be needs to be um, removed and released in order for the true being, the true human being inside of all of us to emerge um, in these physical bodies Mm -hmm. and like step forward on, on the mission Yeah, and whatever that mission is for us. But, but it does appear to me that there is a mission. So again, that's the capital A versus the capital my mission. Uh So I have my mission, Yeah, but then my mission is now starting to like, is starting to relax into like what's the mission? So mm. instead of a mission, the mission, capital T mission. Like there's a there's there's a mission upon us, right? And then I have a unique, I have a unique representation in it with my skills, my capacities that I've learned, my unique inclinations over my years, right? On this planet as me, right? I have a unique role to play in the mission. But I think a lot of us are getting tuned into what the mission is that's coming from the the higher the yeah. higher up. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, do you feel that? Uh, well, I I mean, listen, I started this work that I do back in 2006 and I was going to these workshops at Esalen and I didn't know anybody that was doing this stuff, right? Now everybody's doing everybody's a coach, a therapist, right. it's everywhere. Right. And I was like, what is going on? And I realized that, well, there must be a call. There must be something that is calling people because we are in this time of transition and there are a lot of people waking up and there's a lot of people not waking up uh, in part because it's fucking scary to wake up. It it requires a lot of confrontation. It requires going deep down into your shadow and, and exercising your pain and all your, your, your rage and your anger and your resentment and, to deal with the fear and face it head on. Who the fuck wants to do that, right? And Even after wants, you've been doing it for years. Yeah, exactly. It, and, yeah. and who wants to like look at like the distortions that are in the world? Yeah. It's so much easier to just, you know, kind of numb ourselves. So I have a lot of understanding and compassion yeah. for those people who are not, you know, uh, on the path to waking up. But there's also a lot of people who are in between. Yes. And so it feels like that's why you're having people like you yeah. and me right now who've been drawn into this. Because in another era, we could be doing something totally 
different. Totally different. So there is something deep going on. There is some kind of awakening. And the place that um, I get caught, I don't know if you have thoughts about this, is not caught, but just like, what does that mean? Mm. Um, You know, I got home last night and Diana had spent, she's like, oh, I just got, came out of a rabbit hole, three hours, four hours. She'd found this artificial intelligence art uh and she was deep in it and she's, she loves it. Yeah. So she's an artist. Yeah. And a lot of artists are not happy about the AI art. She's totally on the other side of it. She thinks it's fascinating, but what do you make of, like, where does artificial mm-hmm. intelligence fit into all this? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's here. It's here, yeah. I it's mean, here. it's been here. It's been here, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I could I could say I probably have a few different perspectives. Um, artificial intelligence in of itself is not negative. Right. It's not positive or negative. It's neutral. It's neutral. It's, it's a technology. And just like all technologies, it really comes down to the wielder of the technology and the consciousness of those that are utilizing the technology. Just as we've seen on this planet with our current our current yeah. technology that we have. Fire can cook or burn. That's right. Yeah. A knife can cut or it can kill. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. I think I think there's a mass amount of paranoia and manufactured paranoia around virtually everything mm-hmm. at this point, super polarized and um, people are very divisive and black and white. And, and um, I, I have my concerns about the world and different things as well. But I'm trying to stay out of that paranoia fear zone. Yeah. Despite, you know, against all odds. Yeah. I just will not, I will not live in that place. And it, it's a distortion of perspective anyways, to be in fear. So, so, you know, with that said, I don't I don't have too much to say about it to be yeah. honest. I just because not enough has been revealed. I, I've yeah. studied different perspectives and different like I've studied like ET like like uh, extraterrestrials and ufology and and um, paranormal activities for you know well over a decade as a side study and mm. and these different things and and parallel universe theories, quantum physics, <laughs> um, you know interdimensional. Yeah. Um, hyperdimensional physics and and a lot of a lot of really out there stuff and uh-huh. I've gone deep into a lot of this stuff and at this point now I'm kind of just like I just kind of reset from all of it yeah I honestly like it's almost like I I could have a lot to say about it I kind of just don't because I I'm really just focused on what I know is really real, which is kind of going back to our original conversation, mm-hmm. which is until we master this physical body and this physical experience, yeah. everything else is conceptual. It's either philosophical, it's conceptual, it's an ideology, it's it's something out there. Yeah. That we're we're superimposing our consciousness, our energy, our life force onto Mm -hmm. and in that way it becomes parasitic Mm -hmm. and that way it siphons our energy like the matrix yeah and we just become battery packs to whatever we project our energy onto and so in that way if you want to look at it from a from a from that meta perspective of ai if we superimpose it to be this malevolent force and we give it all this power through our fear and our concern and our worry and our anger and our all the things. Yeah. Then it becomes that in our experience. Yes. And we super we superimpose that. 
so you know it's like it, so in that way it is all really it, the, the ai thing and the ai art thing is pretty interesting too because to me the way that i read it was like wow this is this is a fascinating a fascinating rendition of archetypal exalted imagery yeah. of the multidimensional self. Yeah. 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 That's like, that is <laughs> yeah. right. Like that's yeah, what yeah, I saw. Totally. I was really fascinated. You did I was, your Lenza, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing it. Yeah. And I was fascinated. I was like looking at them and I was like, wow, like it really captured certain aspects of what I know to be true as me on multiple yeah. dimensions of my experience of doing ayahuasca ceremonies and medicine ceremonies right. and things that I just know, like, I was like, whoa, that, 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 those images right there. Wow. They nailed something there. Yeah. How did they do that? That, that became more interesting to me. How did I they didn't go do down that? the rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah. I just took it as a like reflection of like, wow, thank you. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Well, I feel like, I mean, I, I understand, you know, I'm never going to understand it. AI, it's it's beyond the realm of, of right. you know, my intelligence at this point in my life. Right. But um, I guess what I sense is that in some way it is a reflection of us. Like, it yes. is us. Yeah, thank you. It's That's not exa- separate from us. Like, yes. people are like, oh, it's another thing. It's like, no, we created it. Exactly. So it's 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 not separate from it's actually not separate from nature since we are nature and this is one of our creations it is of nature and it's reflecting something back to us and it's I also think like I can see in my attempt to understand or come to terms with what it is that I'm understanding more about myself and more about what it means to be human. Right. Ironically. Right. right. That's that's very well said. I yeah. I completely agree with you. And it yeah, that, that's 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 basically my perspective now. Like the companies that are that are utilizing it in their terms of contract right. and, and all that, that's a different discussion. Yeah, that's up for that's up for debate and mm-hmm. discussion for sure. Yeah, and, and you want to be discerning about yeah. it. Um, but again, it comes down to what are you choosing to put your life force energy into? Yeah, and. You got to take ownership for that. Yeah. You can't blame the object or the obstruction or the instrument outside of you. Just like if you eat cupcakes, ding dongs, ho hos, burritos, Doritos, and genetically modified yeah, yeah. Franken food, <laughs> and then you get sick from it, you can't blame the food for getting you sick. You need to look at yourself in the mirror yeah. and ask yourself, why do you keep doing things that make you sick? Right. What sickness inside of me exists? What addiction inside of me, what trauma inside of me exists that makes me feel unworthy to be healthy and yeah. vital yeah. that I keep making decisions that make me sick. Exactly. What what are people coming to you with right now? I mean, you're you're coaching people. Like what what is out there that you're helping people with? Yeah, that's a great question. Um right now it appears to be well, you know, I, I'm just I just launched this um, dopamine reset group. Mm-hmm. It's the last one I'm doing for this year. There's been a lot of focus on addiction and um, and dopamine and, and brain health and and uh, working through some of these self sabotaging challenges. I think what it appears to me is that people are looking to they're looking to outgrow their old self and the attachments that came along with it. So the addictive tendencies, um, whether that be on the surface, that be, um, you know, substances, 
you know, whether it's coffee or caffeine or tobacco or, or drugs or cannabis or alcohol or pornography or bad food choices, that kind of thing. That's all surface level stuff. Those are the, the coping mechanisms. So then underneath that is a shell that is looking to fall away, which mm -hmm. is the, the so somebody people come to me usually because they're they're looking to to grow out of the version of them that they feel stuck in. Right. And then and then the the habits that they're looking to release and move on from are just kind of anchors. And so I help people to start releasing it through developing their nutritional and health optimization protocol, um, developing better habits, their sleep habits, waking cycle habits, helping them to develop um, more, you know, optimal routines mm -hmm. in their life that are healthy, that are, that are moving their momentum forward in their life. And then once they start to feel more vital, healthy, and they, they feel better about themselves, then they start moving towards the goals and the things that they want to pursue in their life. So there's usually something that's blocking them between who they are and who they see themselves as and, and who, and what they want to do in their life. And I just help people remove the block yeah and then yeah. just kind of like open up the runway yeah it was did you see stutz on netflix mm -mm. it's worth it's worth seeing it's jonah hill he did a documentary about his therapist this guy phil stutz okay he's, a, he's older now but he wrote a book called the tools that was very popular about 10 15 years ago but early in the movie um Stutz says, and he's a classic psychotherapist. Right? Mm -hmm. He says that 85% of people's presenting problems in therapy can be solved or alleviated by better sleep, mm -hmm. diet, and exercise. So this is a psychotherapist. Presenting, what do you mean by that? Well, just people are coming to therapy, they don't feel good. Oh, about themselves. They just right, don't right. feel good about themselves. And sure. he's saying and they're trying to figure out why they're depressed and why they're anxious. Exactly. And, yeah. and he's saying, well, are you how's your sleep? What are you eating? And are you exercising? Right. And if you deal with those three things, you're 85% of the way there. 100%. So, you know, I think I think what you're saying is is super valuable. And I'm I'm trying to bring that more to my work and my clients is to really emphasize. Uh, the importance of uh, of health of the body, you know, that the you, to get that body working correctly and dysregulation, and it, right? Yeah, yeah. When if you don't feel good, it's for a reason. Yeah, I mean, you're eating shitty food. Forget. It. I can't. I always say to my clients, I can't fucking help you. Yeah. If you're drinking Coca Cola all day, that's long. right. There's nothing that's I right. can do if you're yeah. not sleeping well. If you're not getting any exercise, like you're you're not going to improve. I mean, the thing that we should work on is what psychologically is stopping you from doing things that feel good to you. I mean, there's some kind of self-loathing or self-sabotage. That's the issue we have to deal with psychologically, but we have to get you moving and eating healthy in order to solve any kind of problem. Right. So right. Uh, I really appreciate the work you're doing, uh, Ronnie, and I appreciate your passion. Is there anything else uh, mm -hmm. like that that feels important for you to say? Or, or I mean, I mean, you know, like just like the hundreds of other things that are constantly in my field. Um, but I will say, like tying this all together, I'm really glad we got to go into like really talking about the nervous system and and bringing the the spirituality into it and grounding it. Um, this whole conversation has been amazing. I I I want to just say. Very simply, if you don't feel good and you're trying to find the ailment of whatever whatever it is that that ails you, 
whether it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, is that the spiritual illness is a real thing. And that's something that we all need to look into, especially in these times we live in. Um, Like you said, it's you're going to either look at like your rest and recovery practices. You're a human by a human being in a human body that needs rest and recuperation. Mm-hmm. And so we need to take that seriously. Yeah. We need to take our nutrition and supplementation practices seriously. We need to exercise the body and take that seriously. Yeah. We need to take our relationship seriously. If something is taking away from our peace, Or is it contributing to our peace? And where do I fit into that? How am I contributing to that equation? Mm -hmm. How am I showing up in my relationships? And how are my relationships showing up in my life? We have to get that figured out and settled. Um, And then also learning how to regulate the nervous system, learning how to emotionally regulate ourselves, because most of us never got the soothing and the nourishment and the nurturing that we needed. Um, either because our parents, particularly our mother, didn't know how to, yeah. or when we were a baby in utero or we were developing in utero, we, our, our, our mother, our caretaker, they were in a stressful environment. Our grandparents epigenetically transferred over their unresolved issues into us genetically and emotionally and mm-hmm. psychologically. Um, there's a lot of different factors there. And, and it's it's like, it's not our fault, but it is our responsibility to heal and to seal those gaps and wounds, not only so we don't we don't imprint it upon the next generation, but we don't carry it on in our own life. Cause yeah, we, yeah. Because it doesn't have to be a struggle. Yeah. But we have to identify the struggles in our life. Yeah. And the root causes of them. And it usually can be it, it can be identified, at least it can be, it can be it can be started out by addressing the physical body yeah. and the dysregulation that we have become accustomed to mm-hmm. because safety is a foreign concept. Yeah. And so we have to identify why is it that I don't feel safe and, and why do I keep choosing what I keep choosing to medicate whatever it is that I'm whatever it is that I'm afraid of looking at or I just simply don't know right. is there. Um, so so c- regulation practices, learning how to regulate through breathwork, meditation, those kind of things. Right. I was going to ask you, like, uh, I know that it's a whole, it's a whole podcast. That's a whole thing. That on, yeah. like, how do you regulate your nervous system? What is the short answer? The for short, that? yeah. I was just on a call with a client today and I was explaining, you know, we were talking about like, again, telling, he's like, all right. So it's like, so I just need to, I just need to ask myself, how do you feel safe? And I was like, I was like, yeah, but you don't do it verbally. Mm-hmm. You do it through... You do it through touch, through breath, and through presence. Yeah, just like you would with another human being. Of so the get right. So you, the gift you give to another human being, presence, touch, if it's if that's if it's appropriate. Yeah, and then and then breath. Yeah. So I'm breathing and regulating myself in the presence with another person. Yeah, ideally, right. And then touch if it's appropriate, context related. But then presence, my full undivided presence. Yes. So I give that to myself. And the way that I do it is I place one hand on my heart, either another hand on my heart or the other hand on a Mm. part of my body that there is a contraction, which usually that's where like a point of trauma exists. So I'm just aware of it. So I touch that point. Right. And then I presence to it and I breathe into it. Yes. So I breathe directly into it and I just do that without an agenda, just just being present with it. And then and then only then can the verbal the verbal cue come in. 
because if I because the body doesn't understand yes. doesn't understand language, it understands feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, touch. I mean, that you know, if you've read the body keeps the score, that's mm-hmm. essentially the conclusion of that book. I mean, there's a lot of conclusions, yeah. but one of them is touch is the yes. most effective thing for healing. It's what we need. That's what and it we helps need. us regulate yeah. our nervous system. I know system. for my my partner, like I figured out with her she needs to be touched and she needs to be pressed and massaged and and like i can't really talking just no if we talk too much about anything it's just i just find like oh man the energy just drops yeah so it's like we need the she needs to be touched she needs to be opened up um she needs to be massaged her nervous system needs to be soothed so that that's a big that was a big eye opener for me yeah, I I remember seeing a picture of a, a college basketball game where one of the players had gone down with a really serious injury. He uh, twisted his ankle, but in a bad way, like he broke it through or something. And everybody was around. These are just kids, right? 18, 19, 20 yeah. years old. And they're all gathered around him and they're all touching him. People, they're holding his hand. They have their hands on their back, his back. And I was like, that looks just like one of my workshops. Mm, like when somebody is working on the mattress and people no. come around and they're, they, and, and which I don't invite. I just, it's you, once you give permission for people to follow their instinct, they just naturally do it. So why am I saying that? Because right. there is a natural instinct in right. us. We know how to heal right? and we know how to help others heal right. and we're drawn to it. And so it's just, I guess there's something... Yeah, give yourself permission to follow that mm, instinct because mm-hmm. there is, we just like the body knows how to heal. If I get a cut, I don't have to do anything. Right. It will heal itself right. if I just let it. Mm-hmm. If we follow our instincts and our impulses and we can actually help each other heal ourselves. It's not, it's not some crazy mystical thing. No. The body knows how to do it. Just follow it. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie Landis, thank you. Thank you. Where, where, just one last, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, the social media channels. And then you can go to my website, hhphealth.com. And uh, I have a podcast called Life Mastery. You can look that up on iTunes or Spotify. And uh, my recent book, The Addiction-Free Lifestyle, theaddictionfreelifestyle.com. You, mm-hmm. can, you can check the book out, order it. And I have an upcoming book called The Dopamine Solution, Becoming Anti-Fragile in an Unstable and Overstimulated World. I'm pressing to finish the manuscript in three weeks, which I'm collapsing three months into three weeks. And uh, and then there's a whole there's a whole like, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know when this comes out, but there's a whole set of things like I have. I have this program that I'm going to be launching with that launch, the book launch called the Pornography Recovery Roadmap. Mm. So that's a whole other that's a whole other thing that I'm super keen on right now, particularly for men. Yeah, like I'm really keen on like going for the jugular on that. And then I also have another program that's going to come out called the Nervous System Repair Manual. Amazing. So these are the two. These are kind of like where I'm going with yeah. all of with all of my work. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much.